0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carway And Lisa Tate.
1: What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
0: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA amazing Radio. Okay.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Ahoy. Uh, No kid presentable uh, this week. Um, Also, the likelihood of a show next week, slim. Very slim. Um, But quite frankly, it's not that consequential because we all know this heavyweight title fight is fake this weekend and the greatest female fighter ever has got the Rona. So she's not fighting. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, Bobby. I think there's still a pretty good chance we have a show next week. It could be an It's Some Amazing special. Lavender Goons and Dr. Law. Intimate one on one session. Ooh. Maybe in a bathtub. I like Oh, and, whoa. Mike really uh, put the stakes up
1: there at the end. You I'm intrigued. A, I'm expecting a good bath bomb if we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> all right, boys and girls. Um, I like, you know, when I go to MMA Junkie and like. All the, the headlines. Everything's covered with Bellator. And it's not for a disaster. It's for good stuff. It's um, rare. Yeah. Um, the biggest fight of the weekend. The weekend belonged to Bellator, folks. Simple as that. Um, with a massive amount of hype around it. Um, AJ McKee um, fought the Bellator goat, as they refer to. And honestly, it's hard to deny him that claim. Patricio Pitbull Ferrer. For uh, Pitbull's featherweight championship, because Pitbull's also the lightweight champion, um, having dusted people such as Michael Chandler to take that belt. Beat Michael Chandler's ass in a minute, by the way. Um, AJ McKee, uh, Marcus. I mean, let's just say it. A star was born here for Bellator. This is... The rocket ship is attached. AJ McKee went out there and laid it on, their best fighter they've ever had.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think important to note that this was the finals of their tournament, which... You know, I have to give some respect to uh, Pitbull because that's kind of a grueling thing to ask a champion to defend your belt three times. And Hell yeah. I don't know how long it started, but it was like, I'll like look five it up. or six months. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, it was probably longer than that. I can't imagine they had that many fights so short. But um, and he had to fight five rounds in all of them. So, you know, you have to give, you know, a uh, tip of the cap to that. Uh, but yeah, definitely. AJ knew this was a huge moment for him. You know, he was going up against, you know, the, the highest caliber fighter that he's faced so far. Um, Like you said, and like you've been leading up to to this fight, um, you know, Pipple, you said for, you know, a while now is like, you know, one of the best guys in Bellator we'd like to see in the UFC. I would co-sign that. Um, And AJ has been slowly making a name for himself. And I think it's interesting. We, of course, knew about AJ McKee because we knew about his father, Antonio McKee, who was, you know, a, a very unheralded independent fighter you know he kind of ruled king i think it was king of the cage i had most of his fights in our month he was was
1: offensively boring like uh, on purpose he would tell Mm -hmm. you what he's going to do um antonio with the nickname this is his nickname antonio mandingo mckee that was his nice. nickname. Mike was appreciating that I knew it. Yes, that and AJ <laughs> Marcus by the way, you might want to tell people what, we might as well explain what happened first in the fight before we get yeah, into well, the I
2: mean yeah, I wanted to lead up just because people might not know AJ. And what made him so shocking to us, you know, as we first saw him kind of explode on the scene, like he doesn't fight anything like his father. His father's a wrestler through and through, very a boring style if you're being kind of critical. Um, and AJ was the exact opposite. I think when we first saw him, he won by, you know, a knee knockout, you know, so this guy was more dynamic in the striking. And what we've come to learn is very dynamic on the ground. You know, last year he kind of snatched away the submission of the year with his weird full Nelson inverted. I mean, Wikipedia, crank, is call-
1: which- Wikipedia is calling it a neck crank, neck crank, but I just like someone immediately calling it the macchiatine, and we all rolled with it. Yes, yes, that was very good. <laughs> um, So, yeah, just to break
2: down this fight, you know, there wasn't a lot of fight to break down here. You know, Anthony was able to win the fight in around a minute 45 uh, they came out to the center. You know, they were trading kicks, and fairly early on in the fight, AJ started taking center. He started pressuring uh, Pitbull a little bit. Once he got him on the warning track, you know, inside that uh, that black line that kind of outlines the, not octagon in this case, the cage, um, you know, he kind of, he basically was setting up a left high kick. He is southpaw, um, and it was a good setup because it kind of fainted into a left straight. Uh, Pitbull bit on the faint. He ducked down to, you know, a slip, the left straight. Landed perfectly into a left high kick wobbled on his feet obviously very hurt and you know signs of a really good fighter is that you know when you do hurt somebody you can finish the show as he followed up I think it was his third punch was a rear uppercut um, that landed clean followed by a I think it was a it'd be a right hook because he's left handed um, that knocked Pitbull down and I think some people have been a little critical of AJ he did start celebrating kind of almost doing a walk off Um, you know he thought the referee might stop it right there which in retrospect i i mean worked out for him but it was kind of a smart move because i think when pitbull wasn't completely out when he saw aj with his hands up i think instinctively as a fighter you're like i have to get up i have to get up to show i'm still capable of fighting and you know, as he stood up, he did not defend his neck. AJ is extremely crafty when it comes to guillotines and submissions. So he slapped on a super tight guillotine, had him in a great position. You know, Pitbull was up against the cage, so he couldn't back down. He couldn't try to dig into a single leg. Sometimes with a guillotine, you can go for a single leg to get a big lift and slam and get out of the um, out of the uh, submission. But obviously, didn't have didn't have the wherewithal, didn't have the spacing. AJ just. Tightened it up real tight, and we all kind of saw Pipple's hands kind of fight it, and then kind of drop for a second. And that was the same moment the referee saw stop the fight. Good stoppage, you know, clear stoppage. There's no I don't ifs, ands, or buts about who won this fight. Uh, huge victory for AJ. And even the lead up to this fight, he was he was trying to promote himself. I mean, I think a lot of people said you know his antics at the press conference were very uh, McGregor uh, Aldo as he tried to snatch his belt and kind of made some. What?
1: Yeah, you know, that mean, and stuff. I mean, I'm the other way. Let me, uh, sorry, my dog's all over me here. Um, uh, the, the, the tournament started in September of 2019. 2019. Okay, so it,
2: I, I guess, yeah. I guess, COVID kind of, yeah, there was, yeah, there, was, there
1: that, was a but. big, there was a bit of a gap in the middle there, but the last couple of fights were in November and, um, July for AJ, and I'm assuming Pitbull was roughly, Pitbull fought, okay, Pitbull fought November, April, well. and July. So, yeah, um, There was, uh, this is Luke Thomas's comparison, and honestly, I think it's a fair one. Um, where he said, this is honestly, it was very McGregor Aldo esque, this car, this fight. Not in terms of magnitude, obviously, because McGregor's a supernova, but just that you had a dominant, dominant, highly respected Brazilian champion and a young gun out there who arrived on the stage, arrived, you know, with a dominant performance that, was almost embarrassing for the champion. I mean, it was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. You, your champion, as long as that, as he was, you lose in a minute and a half. Um, yeah, that was. He's he's a big deal, and he uh, made a million dollars, Mike, just for winning the tournament. Um, yep. And uh, he made one hundred fifty thousand dollars for winning that, you know, championship that fight. Um, and he beat his ass so good that I feel people are yeah might not think Pitbull's as good as he was. It's like the way what happened with Aldo. We all forgot. Um, as a reminder, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Pitbull knocked out Michael Chandler in a minute. You know, the guy who fought for the who was second to ever being the UFC lightweight champion, you know, six months ago.
0: And uh-huh. that wasn't very long ago that he did that.
1: No. Um, I, I don't think
0: people will forget how good Pitbull is because as we broke it down last week when one of us asked, which Pitbull is this? And someone answered the good one then we already know we're already giving him his roses there um the sense i got off of twitter this weekend and i don't remember this ever happening with any bellator fighter Mm -hmm. was there was like actual trending going on on twitter for aj mckee um very similar to what you would get with some of the high-end uh ufc events on, on twitter um so i don't think it's so much that we're going to shit on, you know, uh, the good people or, you know, forget how good he is. But I think this is just going to be more about uplifting AJ in this case.
1: Do you ever feel sometimes where Bellator has these plans um, and like it all some weird shit happens, right? And maybe it's just not Bellator. It's like a strike force thing, too, where it's Coker's got some bad luck. This is one of the few times I remember, Mark, where everything just kind of came together. Like this was all this whole way. It played out with AJ is almost proof of concept for how um scott coker books young guys where he literally got this guy at zero and zero we saw him by the way marcus when we saw him it was his um i just had this up because i saw i figured i was figuring out what event you and i saw him at we saw him Mm -hmm. win by knee december 2015 his third fight yeah that was his third pro fight we saw aj fight and we were at that point we're like wow this guy he's good (laughs) um he's real good um and it's everything came together and like they had a hot crowd. It was in Inglewood, um, which is, uh, 30 minutes from where AJ trains and, uh, lives. He came out to some, uh, nothing but a G thing in Inglewood, which was smart. Um, and it, this is, this is really like, um, it's, it's, you don't get a lot of fighters, I feel, where like we all knew his dad. And now he's like a prospect because of that. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, this sport's still very young. I remember like with Kron Gracie, people got really excited, right? Because it's um, it's Hickson's son, you know? It's mostly mm-hmm. been Gracie's. I wonder if this is the start of a thing here, though. Because I remember seeing this really cool thi- um, post on Twitter from MMA Fighting, I think it was, where they said, if you put, if you put um, Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, and Rampage Jackson in one room, the only thing they'll agree on is how good AJ McKee is. And that's because his dad, Antonio, trained in LA with all these guys for 20 years. So they're all talking about how like when AJ was like six years old and ten year, you know eight years old, he was in the gym and stuff. So I don't know. I almost wonder like are we going to see like the kids of more fighters like, you know. Uh, I, I mean it, I don't it, know I mean I mean it's going to have to happen over time of course the sport again still historically
2: demanding. we haven't really seen that in any combat sports really yeah. when I I mean there's been some juniors like uh um who's the guy just lost to Anderson right um Cesar Chavez But Schreiber. I yes exactly thank yeah. you uh I, I think in this particular case I mean I think generational talents in and of themselves are kind of rare and I have to imagine that in combat sports probably more so just because it is very difficult to break through right um just having a name is a good start it'll get you through the door but you have to you know there has to be merit to your your abilities and your skill and i think that's not something that is necessarily passed down and also i have to imagine if you're a successful combat sport prize fighter i don't know if you're really thinking like let's get my my offspring into this line of work because it doesn't i mean at best they can mirror what you did maybe at worst you know they're losing brain yeah, I mean, cells and getting beaten, so it's not really something that the I don't only think a one lot of parents want to push the only, their kids into.
1: The only ones I've heard of, I know that like Bisping's son is like a it's funny. His son's like a state champion in California in wrestling, and like um, I know Quentin Rampage Jackson, one of his sons, you know, he wants to fight and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was actually really sweet. I saw I liked when they showed Antonio and how excited he was for his son and. He didn't try to, like, make the story about himself at any point, you know, of course. Like, this is, you know, my son. And they brought his mom in there, and I was all cool. Um, Pitbull, man, it was very Aldo, I felt. like I mean, I thought maybe, like, is Antonio in this guy's head? Because I didn't think Antonio, I mean, AJ was even being that disrespectful at the press conference. Because, like, uh, Pitbull's like, I'm going to knock you out in front of your dad. And then uh, AJ's like, well, I'm going to knock you out in front of your wife and kid. And then Pitbull's like, are you going to talk shit about my wife and kid? And AJ was like... It was almost like that Star Wars meme where he was just like, hold on now, this was your idea. Like, this whole operation, like, you <laughs> very, know? very
0: matter of fact. Yeah, it's says, like
1: Guy, my guy, you started this. You, you started to knock me
0: out in front of my dad. Yeah, I'm going knock you mean? out in
1: front of your wife and kids' <laughs> dad. Yeah. And then, like, he says, I'm gonna take this. And he grabbed the belt for a moment. Um, the real question here is, where do we go? Because I think a lot of people thought the number one contender was gonna be determined. Um, I think people expected Emmanuel Sanchez to get that win in the co-main event. I believe Manny Sanchez, I'm not sure if he was a former champion, for sure, but he's definitely fought for the champion. He's fought for the championship a couple times, got a couple tough losses to Pitbull. Um, it is, um sorry, I guess teams just acted wonky for me. Um, I... Don't know what's next for him, Mark, because a lot of people are calling for the lightweight championship matchup. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I was going to say that's kind of what
2: AJ was talking about. That's what he was talking about before the fight happened. He's like, I'm going to beat him, and then people are going to think it's a fluke, and I'm going to beat him at light heavy, uh, lightweight, which, you know, we have—we didn't really mention. Pitbull's a, a dual champion at 145 and 55, so I think, I mean, and why wouldn't AJ want that? Why? I mean, you just, especially after how the fight turned out, I mean, he just basically walked right through him, so why not rematch for another belt now you're a dual champion. And, I mean, I think the question for me is if AJ is able to win that fight, where does he go from there? Like, is he going to stick around in Bellator? I think I think Scott Coker said after the fact that, like, he, he knows that he has a potential here. Like, he knows AJ's drawing power. AJ know. said he wants and, money
1: already. AJ says, I got to get paid now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and look,
2: Bellator pays guys. You know, it's not like they're, they don't have a pocketbook. You know, they, they've gotten big names before. But it's really going to be, you know— are they going to be able to keep AJ happy while knowing that he's not going to get quite the same level of respect that he would if he, you know, joined the UFC and fought those guys and was able to capture a belt there? So I, I think the next fight's fairly obvious. I and I think Pitbull would also want that fight, you know, to, to be able to redeem himself. And maybe you know, I don't I don't follow Bellator enough to know how 145 weight cut is for the smaller Pitbull. Um, and if 155 would be an easier cut, maybe he performs a little bit better. Who knows? I thought he but went up to 155
1: specific. just to beat Michael Chandler's ass. Like Michael Chandler was, ta- I guess there was some sort of feud with the Pitbull mm-hmm. brothers and Chandler. And, well, we got to send the good one up to beat up Michael Chandler, I guess. Yeah. And, and maybe that's the case.
0: Speaking of, uh, of him challenging Pitbull for the 155 title. um, So was this tournament just a one-time thing or is Bellator going back fully to the tournament system? Like the- would he have to go through the tournament to fight Pitbull at the end?
1: I think if they have to do, if they announce another tournament, but it sounds like the way they've been doing tournaments is the champion is defending the belt in the tournament, which is again, Mark pointed out, that's real grueling. Um, I remember Rory was doing that when he was in Bellator with, he was the welterweight champion, Rory, I believe. Makes sense. He's welterweight. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they, that's the, that was the only thing when it came out of this. I'm just like, man, he's got to, he's got to have somebody to fight. And if they're going to do the immediate rematch, you almost hope like we saw more out of Pitbull. You know, for the purpose of selling it, you're like, well, he's going to fight the guy he iced in a minute and a half again, um, immediately, but he's only 26 years old too. So they got time with him. Um, Scott Coker was on his bullshit, um, saying that he's challenged, he wants the UFC to do a cross promotional fight, which I feel we talked about this last week. (laughs) That's not going to happen, man. Um, (laughs) I mean, we talk about that forbidden door in wrestling, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, it's locked I don't up know in uh, they, MMA. <laughs> yeah,
2: they they do this quite a bit, and I mean, there's some validity to like UFC fighters being, you know, I'm putting air quotes here, independent contractors, and in a clause like that, you should be able to fight for other promotions. But I, I think what would be the really baller thing is if Bellator, PFL, who who else? Like maybe Ryzen or One FC. If all the smaller ones got together, band together, because I, I think what they all lack is they don't have a roster quite deep enough to really pull off like a big pay-per-view event. But I think if you did like a cross-promotional, four leagues, did a tournament, a one-night tournament, that could be something that like I think a lot of the fans would be interested in. And I think after that, after you have a big tournament like that, whoever wins, you can kind of say like, look it. We all have confidence in our fighters, and we all put them in here. Like, where's the UFC? Why won't they pre- – and you can try to egg them that way. But it's not
1: I, I, It reminds me – it really does remind me of what's happening in wrestling right now where every other promotion I'm not, – you're not paying attention to this, I know, Marcus, but like they're literally – everybody's just going everywhere now. Even though like, like if you're in AEW, you, you go work in New Japan. If you're in New Japan, you go work in Impact. Everybody's mm-hmm. working everywhere now. It's almost – it's very uh, it's very interesting, quite frankly, except for no one goes to WWE. I like that idea. I just almost think like we're about five years too late with the talent consolidation of the UFC. Sure. That's why the UFC's got seventy-five cards a year, with you know filling this up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got to see. I mean, I what, I don't know who's the champion at one. Who's the champion at one forty-five in Ryzen? What? How big is is Horaguchi somehow fighting at one forty-five in Japan? Or There's no
0: way he's fighting at one forty-five.
1: He he fought Darian Caldwell. Was that one thirty-five? Horucci
0: well, normally fought at 125. Yeah, that's so what I'm wondering what. Really well didn't Gary and Caldwell
1: just lose to uh, AJ McKee. He's the one who got McKee at So I don't know, maybe maybe Caldwell Because Ryzen probably. and Bellator have been doing cross
2: promotion. Yeah. And they both they've both been sending guys back and forth.
0: I'm not totally sure who the
2: Saka
1: Saito
0: is their featherweight champion. Okay, yeah, there we go. Doesn't um, have a Wikipedia page.
1: It uh so I guess we'll that's see. It. Um, Bella, uh, Eric Alberacine, Pitbull's coach, um, a hell of an MMA, MMA coach, by the way, also Sahoudos coach, um, knows how to make champions. He said they wanted a rematch to be in Brazil. And he's like, and I was just like, cool. Do you not check the news? Cause, uh, <laughs> this is not a good place to be right now is Brazil. He's like we had to travel 36 hours to be in this fight. It's like, well, you're fighting in you're fighting for an American promotion, buddy. Tough titties. What do you want me to do for you? Um, and Bellator has never been to Brazil actually. Uh not once. So it's interesting. Well,
0: they're not going to be going now right now during uh, you know, I'm assuming Brazil is not doing too hot with the Delta variant itself. Um one more thing before we close out uh AJ McKee. Um, he went to a semi-famous high school. Apparently, he went to Long Beach uh, Polytechnic High School with oh, such yeah. notable alumni as uh, Chase Utley, uh, Cameron Diaz, and uh, Snoop Dogg.
1: Deshaun Jackson went to Cal uh, to Long Beach Poly. It's a, it's quite a school. That's a that's a big one over there. Um, it's very popular. All right, um, Marcus, you're the only one who saw your Hall lose to Sean Strickland.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I, yeah, Mark I, saw, it is. I saw it as well. kind of. Oh, you
1: guys did? Okay. Well, Marcus, what happened? Well, well, I saw it. I saw by the second round. Oh, this is really boring. And then I went back to my beer. All right. I'm going to go look up Sean Strickland's <laughs> nutty, co- nutty quotes just, about killing people. So you go ahead, Mark.
2: <laughs> I, just, I just like the picture I have in my head of Mike watching this fight. And he's like, I'm going to go to my beer. And for 20 minutes, he just stares at a can of beer as he slowly nurses it. And this is more entertaining to him. Um, I actually really enjoyed this fight. Um, I kind of mentioned last week. I know I've seen Sean Strickland fight. Actually, watching this fight, it reminded me. I have seen this guy fight. Um, But he has a really unique style, and I really liked – there was some ebbs and flows in this fight. And first and foremost, what I liked about what Strickland did was he made this a boxing match. First thing, he walked right into the center. He got right in the pocket of Ryer Hall, and he's like, dude, you're boxing me because I'm jabbing you in the face right now. And Uriah Hall kind of obliged him. It was kind of a boxing match that first round. And even halfway through the first round, the the, uh, the booth was like, you know, Uriah Hall has a lot of kicks in his arsenal to not be utilizing this and to just be boxing this guy who's clearly the better boxer. Uh, Strickland had a mean jab in that first round. He's kind of doing himself a disservice. What I liked in this fight was the mental games that uriah hall had to go through because we know this guy is kind of i think his biggest problem is his mental game how he can get kind of frustrated and not be able to lift himself back up and we have seen in some of his past fights him be able to do that for him to kind of be down in a fight and to turn it around and the coach really you know the corner did a really good job trying to psych him up trying to tell him like you know you can win this fight you're just doing the wrong things to win this fight and Uriah Hall would make these small adjustments in the second round. He came out using more kicks, you know, because he landed some good kicks in the first. The corner recognized that and told him, "Like, look, you have to change how you're addressing this fight." And Uriah Hall did. But what Sean Strickland did really well was once he started using utilizing more tools, going to the body, using kicks better. Um, Strickland started using more of a grappling game. He started initiating some shots, getting him up against the cage and roughing him up that way. And trying, he was constantly trying to wear on uriah hall physically and mentally just trying to break him and we saw these moments where hall would kind of be able to get back up he would kind of take some shots he'd go back to the corner the corner would be able to tell him the small adjustments he'd make uriah hall would make those adjustments and then strickland would make further adjustments himself to kind of get the fight back in his game and obviously you know throughout the fight it was strickland going into the fifth round he had won all the rounds where you know some of them were more competitive but you know strickland what i learned is that one He's a great boxer. He's really good in the pocket. He has a fantastic jab that I think he hurt. I didn't really look at any injury reports after, but like I think he hurt his
1: orbital yeah. early in the fight. That's what Strickland thinks. He thinks he broke his orbital. Yeah,
2: because it was bothering Uriah Hall. You can see him constantly kind of you know, batting way, at his eye. His eyes I, just swell I, up. I think,
1: I think you've talked about his problems, Uriah Hall. I feel people have somehow labeled that, uh, tucked that under not being tough, which is, I feel, Uriah Hall is extremely tough because... I mean, if he fought with a broken orbital, that's what Sean Strickland was saying. He's like, if I broke that man's orbital and he finished the fight, that's tough as hell. And we also saw this man f- finish a fight with a bone sticking out of his fucking toe once. So
2: yeah, I, it's it's not so much that Uriah Hall isn't tough; he is definitely tough. I think what is so hard for us on the outside to kind of understand is like the poker face all these fighters put on, because we just think like, oh, they're getting you know they're getting punched in the face, but like this dude's not wincing he's not crying like we would be if we got kicked in the leg or we got punched in the face like all these guys have really good poker faces and i think eye Hall doesn't quite have that like when he gets hurt you can kind of tell it, either in his facial expressions or his body language and i think for a lot of fighters that's something that they're all really good at, at that for us common folk we just play off as like oh they're just they're just tough or whatever but like there's a strong mental game into getting decked in the fucking face Feeling that pain in your body and your legs and playing it off like you're okay because you have to, right? Because if you start showing weakness, not only does it tell your opponent like, oh, his legs hurt, his body's hurt, his face hurts. It gives them energy. When you're in a fight and the other dude looks hurt, you're like, I got this guy. The, the adrenaline starts pumping because it's like, I hurt this guy. I can win this fight. I can beat him right now. Like, bossas you get wings. Like, when you hurt a guy, you get wings and it's like, okay, I can push through. Even if I'm tired, this dude's hurt and I, and it gives you that adrenaline boost. Um, and Strickland definitely played off that. You can tell multiple times he hurt Uriah Hall in the eye. He was wearing on him with the ground and pounds. So for me, you know, this was a really good look for Strickland. It really showed me what he's capable of. He's a really good boxer. He's got a great jab. His grappling game is a little iffy, especially when it comes to taking guys down. He definitely struggled there. Uh, and then even on top, he well, didn't really do that, a Hall ton. Well, Hall not
1: bad takedown defense either. Paul Hall's whole career has been trying to avoid getting taken down. It's true. In the second – in the third round
2: – he got taken down hard. Strickland kind of landed a shot to the back of the ear that kind of hurt Uriah, and then he slammed him down with a trip takedown. But Hall was able to get back up. You know, I think Hall asserted himself fairly well, but he still has the issues that we kind of know of. Like, mentally, he really has to fight through. Like, you see in the the corner is constantly trying to build him up because you can see, like, he gets kind of down on himself when he's not doing well, when he's hurt. Um, And he pushed through. You know, he asserted himself well. He just couldn't do enough, and Strickland was able to assert
1: with uriah hall i almost want him to realize how good he is at times like this is a real specific example but there used to be a basketball player on the golden state warriors called harrison barnes and we all said man if harrison barnes had uh so-and-so's confidence he'd be a fucking all-star he'd be incredible some guys, man, they don't know how great they are. They are. They're one of those he's one of those guys I always think. Like, and it's not that he hasn't had a good career. Man's a top 10 middleweight in the toughest fighting organization in the world and he's got a laundry list of knockout KOs. But we all think he could be champion, you know what I mean? We all think the tools are there for like, mm-hmm. why can't he be Israel Adesanya? You know what I mean? Or like close to him, you know what I mean? Like that level of striker. Why can't he be that? Um So, um let's talk about Sean Strickland for a moment, Mike. So there's some, Sean Strickland after the fight said, um, if he wasn't, uh, he hadn't made into UFC, he'd be, he'd probably be, quote, cooking meth in a trailer, unquote. In (laughs) reality, Strickland said, he's never actually used drugs. I'm just quoting MMA fighting now. But he knows he has an addictive personality, as evidenced by his self-confessed love for pornography. Quote, are you kidding me? Strickland responded when asked about his addiction to adult content. I'm a man in the UFC. That's everyone's problem. Which I really feel was a way... It was All the other guys in the UFC are like... Hey man. That's that's a you issue. It's not all of us. Um, And he also talked about how much... um, He fucking loves to hurt people. I would love nothing more than to kill somebody in the ring. Nothing more. It'd make me super happy. I would own that shit too. I don't know if it would make me liable. I might have to say I'm sorry if the cops came. But I would own that shit. Own it be a psychopath. It's fucking fun. He so also that, noted that uh, he, he also noted that he probably is not the fighter the UFC would want as champion.
0: And to, to that point about he would love to kill someone in the ring, um, a funny uh, tweet I saw uh, yesterday was said based off uh based off his work on Saturday, um you would have to be in the ring for about 2 days for him to finally kill you. <laughs>
1: So yeah, um, well, he was ranked twelve, I believe. Hall was ranked eight. So let's get him a top ten opponent again. Someone closer to seven, six, maybe. So
0: I feel like we always like individualism, and you know, athletes uh, letting us know what their personalities are like. This is one of those cases. Give us the canned answers, because you're you're you scare us. You are legitimately scaring people with what you say, sir. Because we think we actually believe you.
1: Yeah, oh man, Sam Alvey got another fight. God bless. <laughs> I'm looking at the fight announcements. This coming, I guess his opponent dropped out, so he didn't actually lose the last, well, the most recent one. Um, all right, some news. Let's go with the good news. We all wanted it. We've been talking about it, for, hinted at it for a couple of months. Marcus, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler.
2: Yeah, what a fight! I mean, yeah. it's exactly what I mean. It, when Chandler jumped into the scene, you know, him and Gaethje fighting was, you know, potentially a really fun matchup. You know, we didn't really know when that was going to happen, when the when the stars would align. But to have it now is, is great. You know, Chandler just came off uh, that loss. Uh, what was
1: Gaethje's last fight? Was it Habib? I think it was Habib. He was the one who got the short end of the stick when everybody was getting matched up and we're all like, so Justin Gaethje's just at home? Like, yeah. that was basically it. But this is a great
2: fight. You know, both guys like to stand and bang. Both are wrestlers, so it, it, you don't really see one of them being able to utilize that super well. So it's like you're just going to stand up and strike This is
1: going to be a chaotic fight, the way these two guys yeah, fight. It's going to be It's going to be nuts. Um, I, it's very Gilbert Melendez versus Eddie Alvarez. We're like, we're going to sort out some Bellator versus World Series of Fighting shit here, folks. That's what we're going to do in this card. Um, On the bad news... um. We have ourselves, we booked a fake heavyweight title fight for this weekend because we had to get a main event because uh, we can't promote the greatest female fighter ever who was in the co-main event. And now she got COVID. Her uh, her wife got COVID. Her daughter, her baby, not sure about daughter, but definitely a baby, got COVID too. Amanda Nunes got the Rona. Um, We don't know if she was vaccinated or not uh per article from mid-june she had planned on getting vaccinated she said so it's possible she was partially vaccinated not vaccinated we
2: we can do Uh, some math
1: here and look at statistics and make a logical conclusion i mean look plenty of people who are vaccinated have tested positive doesn't mean hopefully she's vaccinated I i would not use the
2: adjective plenty I would say a small, <laughs> small sliver of them have maybe like what in the couple percent. So I think we're giving her a little. I mean, look, I if, mean, if she was planning it, to. She's, we don't know if she had one shot and she was waiting for the other shot or whatever. But we're hoping what know, Also, we're all slapping masks back on because people aren't getting vaccinated when they should. And now we have, you know, the greatest female fighter is at the very least missing this matchup when it should happen. At the war, I mean, I don't know how she's doing with it. I hope it's it's very yeah, mild. Did, they say, did they say she
1: was symptomatic? I didn't see symptomatic. They say she was symptomatic. I don't know.
2: But. It seems like we've heard a lot of fighters get it, and we don't really hear much about it until like later. I think like Cody Garbrandt was like, yeah, that shit fucked me up bad. And then other people were just like, you know, you know maybe mild flu symptoms for a couple weeks. You don't really know how it's going to affect somebody. So I'm hoping it doesn't affect her much because we do have a generational talent here that potentially could be hampered because of something that they could have greatly reduced the chances of happening. And that's, that's what makes it frustrating for me, but I do hope, especially the baby is okay. Um, you know, there's not really much choice they have. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah I hope yeah. the whole family is okay, obviously, but you know, a small child it could be troublesome, but hopefully everyone's okay. Hopefully we get Amanda man Nunez and, uh, Julia Pena? No. Pena? Yeah. Julia yeah. Pena. Julia. Yeah. We, we get that fight fairly soon. They can rebook it. Um, it does hurt this card, which kind of you know needed the gusto because we have a, a fake heavyweight fight, but we'll get into that in a second. But I'm I was not a little
0: bit too much on, uh, on symptoms for Amanda Nunes on those uh, yeah, articles.
2: But you don't know. If it was bad, I don't think she'd be saying much either. So, you know, fingers crossed. Of course, anyone that's affected by this horrible disease, you know, we wish, you know, quick recovery and and very mild symptoms if nothing at all. But, you know, it's just at this point where she's in the States now, right? She's living in the States.
1: Uh, So you have to imagine. Yeah, I was mostly wondering if Colby Colby Covington is uh, still training at American Top Team. Just going to ask that question. I don't think so, right? They threw him out of the gym. Or, sure is it, is, yeah. is Jorge Masvidal vaccinated? <laughs> I'm just lining yeah. up the Trump supporters, buddy. What's, what's, what's happening over there? Yeah, wish the best to the lioness. Um, also bad news. Tatiana Suarez was finally going to come back after being gone for two years. And she tore her knee. Yeah. Rough break. Out, yeah out again. And uh, we were actually going to get a contender eventually to 125 because that's what she was coming back at. You know? it would have been, I'm sure Valentina's like, fuck, they're gonna give me somebody to fight, actually. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, so, yeah. Um, some fight announcements, I think, also happened this week. Um, nothing that giant besides. I think I saw Kevin Lee is coming, Fighting up is coming in a few weeks. Uh, I like, oh, Corey Henderson, Ryan Bader for uh, October 16th. And uh, Nemkov versus Rumble Johnson. That's a big Bellator card right there. Yeah, um, was, I'm, Nem, Nemcov versus Cobb uh, versus Rumble's interesting, real interesting. Um, Very, because I don't yes. care how good you are, how good and young you are. If Rumble hits you in the face, the whole situation has changed entirely. Uh, I think Corey Anderson is going to knock out. Uh, again, get knocked out by Ryan Bader. Honestly, I just in my head, Mark, he can't get Ryan Bader down, and he gets knocked on, knocked out.
2: Just. Early guess. Possible, you know, Bader was on a streak, so we'll, we'll see if he can kind of get it going again. But uh, yeah, th- that that light heavyweight tournament was fantastic. Um, you know, j- j- just the players they have. Um, what uh, Romero dropped, right? He couldn't do his fight because he was supposed it, to fight Johnson, did right? Get,
1: something happened to Romero. He was going to fight Rumble. Was, yeah. And then, yeah. Like, that's, but otherwise, yeah, yeah just uh, top to bottom, just like killers all around. And now we're in Rumble the, lo- the Rumble loses, if Rumble loses, book that fight with Romero again. Let's yeah. Now, if he's not in the mean, tournament, let's do that. <laughs> I mean, dude. I like, mean, that's what, what we wanted. Like Forty six or something. Now, like, I
2: just don't know how much. That was, <laughs> that was the one time. where Scott where
1: Scott Coker got all this tar- criti- uh, criticism um, for making these tournaments and like hoping the fight would come together that he wanted, and that one he's like, "Fuck it, we're gonna lead off with Rumble versus Romero," <laughs> and then Romero got hurt. So yeah, um this is how it goes. Walt Harris tied to Ivasa, um, booked for uh, October twenty third. Interesting. That's did harris I, was, I thought he harris was again. like
2: on a two two yeah. loss streak right so it's weird because ty just had a huge win you know he beat uh greg hardy yeah. it was a fantastic moment you, you i would have thought they would have paired him up with someone that was on the you know the higher trajectory but that's still an interesting fight I and mean, walt harris and ty are just going to swing you know it's, it's going to be a one-rounder for sure but yeah fun, Is, fun matchup
0: walt harris he's the one that the ufc has um you know uh used the uh, Used up his uh, emotional story. Um, I mean they didn't
1: use it up, in fairness. They offered a bunch of money to like for information when his step- when his stepdaughter got kidnapped and then murdered. Like they actually were very much behind him when that happened. Okay. I'm not sure it was that exploitive. I mean at the end it kinda if you look, but this last time I was like, Okay. That's a bit much. Um what's that noise? I'm getting big windy I think, noise. Mike's got the
2: flying saucer going right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. What the hell's that? It, it got really hot in my room, so I, You're I gonna have to have, turn off the You, you, you got to mute between talking then because it, it got a little drafty on the mic too. Um, and uh, yeah, Usman and uh, Covington. I'm not sure if that was official at the time. But November 6th, Madison Square Garden, or it says New York. I'm just assuming Madison Square Garden because that's what we're going to do, I think. Well, they've done yeah. Barclays. I know, but
2: that's just because they couldn't get into Madison right then, right? No, oh, they, they, really they did like, Barclays oh, because
1: they did Barclays because all the Russians are in Brooklyn, right? Isn't that a thing? Am I just making a generalization, Mike? Tag in here.
0: <laughs> um you're not wrong that there's a lot of Russians. I mean, in that's Brooklyn, why Khabib
1: they put Khabib in that car. That's why I'm thinking. But it's
0: it's it's the different part of Brooklyn. You gotta go more to like Brighton Beach uh, yeah. to get yourself some some Ruskies.
1: Yeah, okay. Um and it sounds like with uh, all the COVID on the rise, Bellator might have to shift some of these cards from um, Russia and uh, yeah. Europe. They have uh, Russia, which, uh, London and Russia, which I'm not sure if Fedor is going to be fighting anybody if they ask him to come all the way over here. Um, anyway, mm. so we'll see. All right. Um, let's make a couple picks for this pay-per-view. Yes, um, sir. We're going to miss this one, Mike. I was just thinking about that.
0: I mean, will you really miss it? <laughs> well, we
1: could always, uh
0: we could always just huddle over uh, a little uh, cell phone, you know, during that's, a wedding.
1: That's exactly it. Go sneak into a room somewhere. Um, Yeah, that's this is definitely the card where I want to do that. I remember I, I was at a wedding when Michael Bisming won his championship, and I was like, man, of all of us to miss this card, I'm the one who's been on this fucking dude's bandwagon the whole time. It was also the card where uh, they threatened to end Ariel's career. UFC proud moments all around. Um all right, UFC 265. It's a fun fact, it was Bellator 263 this last week. So we almost lined that catching shit up. up. Pretty well. Yeah, catching up. Well, that was 265 pay-per-views. Read about 750 UFC events, I think at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um coming to you from the Toyota Center uh in Houston, Texas. I have stayed at the hotel attached mm-hmm. to the to the to the Toyota Center. It's just a really red arena, is what's happening in the Toyota Center. The Rockets. All partner. right. Yeah.
0: Like the Ruskies.
1: Yeah. Hometown Boy.
0: Derek Lewis,
1: the Black Beast. Taking on. Cyril Gone. Mike, mute yourself, please. The main the co-main event is not Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Mike's wind Mike's laughing, but he's got a fucking wind tunnel going on in his apartment. Um Instead, we got a co-main event of Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz. Um, We got welterweight matchup. Michael Chiesa and Vicente Luque. I -hmm. I didn't even know it was happening until this minute, and I got very excited, Mark. That sounds like a banger. Um, Tisha Torres, Angela Hill also happening. And curtain jerking, Song Yadong, Casey Kenny. We're not picking that fight. Also on this guard, Bobby Green, who I feel fights every two months, and I'm proud of him getting in the cage as often as he is. It's nice to see Bobby Green still cashing checks. Um, Ed Herman still in the UFC. Yep, Shout out, man! At, Shout out. At
2: light, light heavyweight now, right? Or do you go back to middleweight?
1: Is that uh, looks like a light heavyweight? Is that a tough two? Is that tough two or tough three? Three, three, tough three. three. Do we have any tough two guys in the house anymore? Tough I don't two was. Think so we had That's a tough a one guy until one. Diego until Diego lost his fucking mind with that
0: who's guy. Who's in? Who's in? T- like what was tough two?
1: Tougher was Rashad. At he- was heavyweight with Rashad winning, and then welterweight. I think Joe Stevenson won.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, Bobby, yeah.
1: Bobby Southworth was in that season, right? That was season. He was one. in first. Yeah. That was oh, with okay. Kostrik and stuff. Um, Rashad is making a comeback. He wants to box. Um, oh, I missed the other piece of news. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley is going to be sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. And they actually they actually loaded up the undercard with real boxing fights of actual prospects. Apparently, people are saying, which is commendable. But ain't nobody paying 60 bucks for that thing. So, Carolina um, Kovalkiewicz, Jessica Penne on the undercard. There's some fights that are interesting, honestly, on this, guys. It's just that the top part really needs an Amanda's fight. Like, yeah, even, without, mean, even even with this heavyweight title to be fight.
2: fair as critical as we were like this main card is not bad like these are fun interesting matchups He's just it's missing, just like
1: and missing a cherry It's missing the cherry on top of this thing exactly exactly
2: having a interim heavyweight title and especially the, the guys that are fighting for it too i mean i think Dirk lewis is, is a fun fighter I and mean, uh gane has definitely proven himself but like it's just missing that like authenticity i guess and not having another title
1: fight it's like it's a great card but it's like I don't know if I want to pay for it
2: that's kind of
0: what I feel
1: um Mike you got Mike's we got Stefan's picks too right
0: I believe he sent them across earlier yeah. today yeah
1: okay so when I ask you please mention them as well um all right um we're gonna talk about the heavyweight title fight I keep calling it the fake heavyweight title fight because it is this is one of the more sh- questionable reasons for interim title fight ever it is stupid as hell Honestly, um, Cyril gone is a minus four fucking hundred favorite mark. Mm, depending on who you look
2: at. But yeah, but by most accounts, it's in the three fifties to four hundred favorite mark, which I don't think is that bad, to be honest. Like, I don't think that's super off. Uh, I think technically this is going to be a tough fight for Lewis.
1: I think uh, the betting community is picking a not so interesting fight, possibly. Um, oh, Maybe gone going to just jab him for. 25 minutes. Derek Lewis is coming... Yeah, Derek Lewis is coming off of four straight wins. Uh, wins over Blagoj Ivanov, Ilar Latifi, uh, Alexei Olenek, and Curtis Blades. I like this build-up. It went from split decision win, decision win, TKO, and KO. He's just getting more powerful. All right, mm-hmm. The next one is going to be... Uh, he's going to win by Murder-Death-Kill right there. That's what's going to happen. He's just going to end this <laughs> motherfucker this time. Shout-out to uh, Nick Cage, Mike. You never forget Nick Gage, M.D.K. all day. Um, Cyril Gaon ain't lost a fight. There's only been nine of them fucking things, but he has not lost a fight. He has nine and zero. Decision Volkov, decision Biggie Boy, knocked out Junior Dos Santos with a elbow. A lot of decisions. Um, couple heat, couple submission victories into UFC two. Showed up at three and zero. Really tells you how bereft of young talent this weight class is. When a 3-0 and Frenchman just gets into UFC. But it's paid off with this gentleman. Um, he's also got a Muay Thai record of 13-0. and This man ain't never lost anything. That's right. Um, nine wins, three by knockout, three submission, three decisions. Marcus? Oh, first off, Mike, Stefan's picking gone, right?
0: Stefan is indeed picking gone.
1: Marcus? Yeah, uh, I'm picking gone
2: too. Uh, I think, you know, on paper, this should be you know, a fairly easy fight for him to win. I, I think when you look at his recent competition, especially with Biggie Boy, you had another guy who's a big power striker and he was able to, you know, out-technique him. And I think when we look at Derek Lewis, he's probably an even less polished striker than Biggie Boy. Though, you know, I, what I will give Lewis credit for, which I think everyone would, is that he has a ton of power and a huge heart. So I think this is a fight that's very likely to go the distance. I don't see gone finishing him although i think it's possible but I, I do see him staying on the outside utilizing the jab utilizing kicks not letting Derek lewis kind of make this a brawl where he potentially could land that big shot um you know but we saw when uh Derek lewis fought um alexander that like you know it's not over until it is over for this guy you know 10 seconds left in a five round fight he can still you know get it done and you know turn the whole fight around that's just a that's a big call for him that's a big ask for him to do against someone who is i think even more technically skilled than alexander was so i, I do see Gon winning this fight i think he's going to do it tactfully because i think what we saw in the biggie boy fight too is that when he is able to just be the better striker he also doesn't make a lot of mistakes like he was able to utilize his tools and And he never took those unnecessary risks that would give a fighter like Biggie boy or potentially like Derek Lewis the opportunity to turn it around with a big strike. He's going to, you know, mind his P's and Q's. He's going to keep his defense up. He's going to keep distance where he needs it. He's going to strike where Derek is vulnerable. And, you know, you look at other aspects of the fight, stamina, cardio. These are things that Derek has actually done really good getting better at. But I think in a fight like this, unless he can really push the pace, unless he's going to be the aggressor. You know, going forward, getting to clinch positions, trying to utilize his weight to, to wear on Gane, I, I just don't see him win this fight. So I, I think Gane's going to win this fight, um, and I do think it's going to be a technical showcase. It's probably not going to be the most exciting thing, but it's just he's a tough nut to crack, and I don't, I don't see Derek cracking it.
1: Mike, am I how far behind you am I now? Because i uh, You I'm are the, two I'm
0: games behind.
1: I'm the only one to pick Pitbull, right? You guys all picked. Uh, uh, McKey, right? Yep. And we all picked Uriah Hall.
0: We all picked the right haul. Yeah. Please. Okay.
1: Um, I think the line, given what we've seen from Derek Lewis, it's weird to put it like this, but this man has pulled so many fights, like, against more technical people out of his ass. Like, he was minus he was a plus two fifty against uh, Blades. And he killed them, knocked him clean out. Um, I think the line's a little wonky. I wouldn't I think if you're gonna be at that big of an underdog, honestly, Mark, it would be shocking for the man to win when you're plus three hundred. I don't think it'd be shocking. I don't think it's shocking when Derek Lewis mm-hmm. knocks anybody out. Um, that being said, Agreed. I am picking um Cyril Ghan here, because I've taken all this t- this time to learn this man and say his name correctly after all these fights. Um honestly, he's young. Um, he's talented. Um I think he's gonna get a very technical performance out of this. That being said, I want I want Derek Lewis to win. I want Derrick Lewis to win, and these fucking people in Houston will lose their goddamn minds. Derrick Lewis is a star. Sure. When they show him in the crowd, he's a big fucking deal. D- swinging and banging, Derrick Lewis, you know, black beast in this hoe, all right? That's what I want to see. I want Derrick Lewis to knock him out, hump the cage, hump the hump the mat, do his thing, and at least they can promote the fact that he beat Francis Ngannou. Because Cyril Ghan's going to die if he fights Francis Ngannou. That fight is not even close. Not that I think Derek Lewis is going to win, but at least you can promote it. Because, again, he beat him. I was there. It was terrible. I lost money on it. It was miserable. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's going to be a clean sweep. It's going to be gone. Um, I think that with Derek Lewis, as you said, um, he's had a penchant of somehow beating people with a better striking pedigree than him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody's he... a better striking pedigree than him and he wins by knockout. It's incredible. <laughs> I think
0: eventually um you know that's going to catch up with him. Um he won't be able to get that knockout and I think this might be one of those fights um I would like to see him win, but um I think if he does it's going to be how he normally would win where it's he's able to touch the guy and if that were to happen it would probably be late in the third round and I, oh, late I in the fifth keep... round. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, this is a five-round fight. Um, I don't see that happening. I I see Gon being able to actually, uh, you know, stay away from him, keep the distance, and eventually get
1: the victory. Has Derek Lewis? Have I mean, he's fought in a lot of main events? Has he ever been that? Derek Lewis, I never seen. Oh, Derek Lewis hasn't seen the fourth round since Mark Hunt. That was a fun fight. He got knocked out in that fight. That was a fun fight. That was. I miss Mark. I miss Mark Hunt. I know we got Ty Tuivasa, which is like the wish version of Mark Hunt. Sorry, Ty, you just not as technical. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, look, I'm interested in like. I mean, this could be a bit of a jab fest if 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 Derek Lewis doesn't win. Even if Derek Lewis does win, it might take some time. So, but yeah, if we're if we're if we're promoting Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon and still no John Jones in four months, great way to go, UFC. A plus promotion. Co main event. Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz. I got very little analysis about this one. Um, Jose Aldo coming off of uh, beating up Marlon Vera. I think he won two out of three rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Pedro Munoz coming off of beating up Jimmy Rivera. Don't remember how that went exactly. Uh, Betting odds for this one, Mark?
2: Yeah, we got uh, Aldo is the slight favorite around 125, 120. Uh, Pedro, the slight underdog, like basically almost even at a hundred, 105 varies
1: a little bit, but yeah, minus or pretty plus one plus 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 plus. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, 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 um, Stefan's got Aldo. Mike. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's an audio <laughs> medium.
0: I, I couldn't find my mute button. I'm sorry. Yes. He has a, uh, he has Aldo.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm taking Aldo. I like three round Aldo. About three, three Ronaldo Aldo wins fights, except for that one he didn't win, but we still gave him a title shot. Mark, who do you got?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely leaning Aldo, but to make it interesting, and I do think this is really close, I'll go with Pedro. I'll mix it up here a little bit. Uh, you know, I think he's, I think they've both had their ups and downs. Uh, I agree, Aldo, I think in three rounds has definitely, he's definitely added some tools to his game, especially that, that lever shot, I think has really become, you know, something that he's utilizing fairly well in his fights. But I'm gonna go with Pedro. Pedro's a tough out too. You know, I think this is going to be a really difficult fight for both fighters. I think they're both pretty technical. I think Pedro's a little tougher, a little meaner, a little more of a uh, bully in there. Um, but Jose is very technical. And and again, once he gets his striking really going, he can be really dangerous. So I think, I think it is a really close uh, fight as the line shows. Um am go for Pedro just to make it fun.
0: Good for you for making it fun, Mark, because I was definitely going to pick Aldo. So at least now, you know, someone is giving Munil some love. There you go. You're muted
1: now, Bobby. Um, I got a dog shaking every three seconds. People can hear that in the background. She wants to get out. But if I let her out and I close the door, then she's going to want to get back in. I know how this game she, is played. Uh,
0: she looks, she's looking very anxiously at the door. Like, when is this motherfucker going to finish? Now he's looking at you like,
1: you little bitch. Come on. Let's go for this walk. We already went for a walk. She just hears my brother out. That's what it is. He's around, and that's what it takes. Um. All right. This is awesome, this fight. Straight up. Uh, Michael Chiesa, Vicente Luque, I am all about this shit. Chiesa, since moving up to welterweight, has been excellent four and oh, one finish got a camora on carlos condit three decisions over diego sanchez Rafael Dos dosanos, neil magni those last two are nothing to sneeze at these days man especially neil magni um vicente luque honestly one of my favorite fighters to watch um coming off of since losing to wonder boy thompson three straight finishes nico price randy brown uh woodley woodley was the one where it just turned into a fucking firefight um, where Woodley's like, I'm going out on my goddamn shield. And he got choked with a bravo choke at the end after getting dropped. Forgot what Vicente got him with. Do you remember, Marcus? Uh, yeah, it
2: says here a bravo choke. I no, no, what, he, what, dropped, what, he, what
1: he, dro- he dropped him with it. Oh, what first. he hurt
2: him with? Because yeah, they were just throwing heat.
1: Vicente it was, it was, he just got far yeah, yeah, from
2: Woodley definitely took the criticism of him not pulling the trigger. And then just, like, spent, just, just unloaded. The, Honestly, the that, that,
1: that fight is why I have a little bit of – like, I have some hope for him fighting in a boxing match. I'm like, okay, he still can throw. <laughs> His hand's still work. I mean, it still didn't worked.
2: work. But, I mean, it's I mean, Oh, he, he hit example. him.
1: He was hitting yeah, him. Yeah,
2: but at the end of the day, he still got a loss. You know, uh, he kind of fought a little bit. But, you know, yeah, it, it, it was a fun
1: fight. It was, it, was, it was the Woodley we wanted to see. And, um, and uh, I, w- I really wanted – we all talked about it. We all wanted Covington versus Kiesa. We all thought it was really cool when Kiesa called out Covington. We thought it'd be a really good matchup, just given their skill sets. Turns out Covington gets a title shot for no reason. Um, betting odds for this one?
2: Yeah, another pretty close fight. Kiesa uh, is the slight underdog. I mean, really, like one o much like Pedro, like one o five, just a little bit over plus one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Luke is the slight favorite,
0: around one twenty five or so.
1: Um, who's got who? Stefan got Mike.
0: Stefan has Kiesa, the slight underdog in this fight.
1: Uh, I'm taking Kiesa too, partly because this is a coin flip anyway. I think he can determine. I think I think he can get Vicente with his patented rear naked choke. Let me start with that. And I'm really enjoying him at 170 pounds. He doesn't seem undersized at all. And he's already up to number five. Is he five? Was he really at a highly ranked? Or am I reading this wrong? Someone I mean, me if add. he
0: has three wins in a row at welterweight. And, four uh, actually. The gu- four in a row. And the guys he's found are pretty notable. That's not that hard. Let me, uh, hard to let me believe. Make sure
1: I'm talking about five. He's number five. Luke is number six. I love this fight so much. Um, I am all about this Kiesa's run here at 170. And it's not that Luke Hayes isn't capable of getting to the top either. It's just I am. Which man hasn't lost at 170? Um, so let's see what let's let's just keep this train going. So I got I got Kiesa. Mark.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna make it interesting. I I, I do think Kiesa is a difficult matchup for him especially when you I, I think by the submission is an interesting call um you know uh luke has, has only lost twice by the smi- submission but i'm looking through his record and it's like he's not fighting a lot of like guys that are known for their um submission game so i think that's an interesting call i'm gonna go with luke um playing the odds and honestly just kind of again making it fun you know on a lot of these close matchups a lot of times we kind of end up hedging the same way and then we look foolish the next week of course we're not going to be here next week most likely so this would be a good card to, to make some foolish picks so i'm still going to go with uh uh lupe in here um I, I, he's a fun fighter it is going to be tough i mean i agree with you uh kiesa has just looked so good at 170 it looks like he's gotten a lot of confidence it's going to be tough to stop Do you, this you know, guy, know what but... i like about
1: kiesa he's uh he's he got no knockouts zero right not one of those uh, but this dudes does he have any wins by knockout no, you're right. You're right. No. He's only lost once by Naga. Never gotten it. He don't doesn't have boring fights. The fights aren't boring. That's a man with an active grappling attack. An active Ooh. goddamn grappling attack. I appreciate it. Mike?
0: Yeah, um, I'll be joining Mark, making it interesting. I'm going to pick Luke as well. Kiesa has looked great since he moved up I like to how 170. We're
1: making it interesting when we're both of you guys are picking the favorite. It's great. <laughs> well, I thought I was going to be
0: the only one picking Luke for some reason. Um... Mike, if you would have gone before me, you might have been.
2: I was I was thinking I was going to go with
0: uh, uh, Michael, so I was like, I'll oh, let me switch it up, but here we but, are. You know, Kiesa is one of those examples, and I think it's uh, becoming a trend now over the last few years where, you know, before people thought you had to cut as much weight as possible, and now we've seen with, you know, a few different fighters, um, you know, Robert Whitaker, most notably winning the championship, who have decided to not cut so much weight, and have actually seen great dividends at their higher higher weight class, um, but with that said, uh, Vicente Luque he has a decision every morning when he wakes up, and that decision, and in that decision he chooses violence, and that's how he approaches all of his fights. Um, I think that this will be a good fight. Chiesa will give him some challenges, but. I see Luque fighting for a championship within the next year. Um, so, with that said,
1: he, he doesn't get enough. It'd be kind of hard for him not to fight for a championship if he doesn't win this fight. He he doesn't get enough credit, honestly, because he's he got into the UFC at six four and one, right? He is twenty seven and one. He's fourteen and three. Those losses are Wonder Boy Leon Edwards, and when he lost the Ultimate Fighter finale to a guy named Michael Graves that's man's very good he's still is he that old even 29 years old well, yeah i think you might be right mike maybe you can see this man fighting for a belt it'd be really cool to I, see. michael
0: graves i don't even remember and i think besides the tough finale i don't remember any other fights michael Graves was in
1: yeah i actually like liked him too i thought maybe like there'd be something there because i remember i saw like the first couple it was the black zillions versus uh top team tough and i actually thought it was a kind of cool concept um, but it looks like he only got a handful of fights in the UFC. They cut this dude off of a draw. But he left the UFC undefeated. 6-0-1. Okay, that seems interesting. Seems really interesting. Okay. Tisha Torres, Angela Hill. They fought a while ago. Um, they fought in 2015 at UFC 188 in Mexico City. Tisha won a decision uh, since then. They both been back and forth. Angela was a champion and in Invicta at one point in the middle there. Um betting odds for this one.
2: Yeah, uh not too crazy either. Uh, Angela Hill is the slight underdog around 210 two, I'm sorry, 110 115. Uh, Tisha Torres the favorite around like 140 135. So, again, pretty close odds, but you know, Tisha's the favorite, Angela Hill's mm-hmm. the underdog. Mike
0: on half Stefan has Tisha Torres. Who do you have? I am going with Angela Hill, and this is for two reasons. One, she should be, in my opinion, on a pretty lengthy winning streak. I feel like the last two or three losses that she has had have been close decisions, and in my opinion, they have been decisions that I thought she won. Um, and normally, you know, when, when fighters, you know, bitch and moan about, like, the decisions not going their way, I think, yeah, well, you know, be quiet. But in these cases, I would agree with Angela Hill in being kind of salty about, you know, the, the loss, the recent losses that she's had on her record. Um, so I think she should be much more highly regarded with what her skill set has become in the last two years or so. Um, so... I think she is. She's not getting as much hype coming into this fight as she should. And two, just personally, I like Angela Hill. Um, one of my favorite podcasts or uh, shows that didn't last very long was uh, the YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel with her and Jessica Panay called the uh, Two Straws. Um, I thought it was a very entertaining uh, show with the two of them breaking down, um, you know, upcoming UFC events. Um sad it didn't last very long.
1: And if you want to support Angela Hill, you can go to our Pro Wrestling Teach uh website or store, where you can buy a picture of a a, a a Goya painting that they've kind of changed to look like it's her, where it says it is bitch fucking season. So definitely every adult should wear a shirt that says bitch fucking season. Um I got I got overkill here too. I got Angela Hill. Um I feel she's gotten in the, since their first fight, I think teachers pretty much Still a good fighter, very good fighter. But she, Tisha is kind of what Tisha was then. Um I think Angela's gotten better. And I'm kinda of with you, Mike. I'm not saying she should have won both of those fights, but at least one of them. I thought the what's it called one? The Waterson one especially, to be honest. Um I'm I'm gonna go with Angela Hill on this. Mark, who do you got? Uh I do have Tisha Torres. Uh like you guys, I love Angela Hill.
2: I think she's a fantastic personality for the sport. Um, and I do think she's been making, you know, the the jumps in her game to be a lot more competitive. It did seem when she got back to the UFC, even though she had won a Invicta belt, it still wasn't working out. It seemed like in these last, you know, six fights or so, she's really been able to turn things around. And like mentioned, the, the last two split decision losses, losses uh, she had easily could have gone the other way. And that's kind of why I'm picking Tisha Torres, um, you know, torres fights almost always go to the decision you know she's basically has 17 matches only two of them she's finished by uh, a knockout or submission everything else has gone to decision and she's usually pretty good at stealing rounds you know i usually on the outside she's a little bit more active uh and then on the inside she has a pretty good clinch game she's able to take curls down um but you know these are some spots where angela is really good you know angela's footwork has gotten a lot better she's pretty good on the outside In the clinch, you know, when she can get space and get a tie clinch, she's extremely deadly. So I think this is going to be a much more competitive fight than we saw last time. I'm just kind of hedging my bets with Tisha... Being pretty good at getting decisions, even though you know she she did come off a a pretty lengthy streak there where she lost four decisions in a row. Um, She has bounced back, won a decision in her last fight. She actually got a doctor stoppage, which is the the first in her career. So you know she's been making some adjustments as well. I'm gonna go with Tisha. She's I've always been impressed with Tisha Torres, um, but. You know, if I if I was picking with my heart, it'd definitely be Angela Hill. You know, like Mike said, a really fun personality, very charismatic and fun to watch, and has gotten to be a really fun striker, um, and you know, fighter in her own right. But I do have Tisha kind of hedging around in this one.
1: All right, I think that's all of us, right? Yeah, it's it. Mike's making, Mark's making a lot of moves this one. A lot of making some some. I'm
2: I'm veering from the pack, and it might just work out in my favor, or I might just be in the bottom with Steph. And then those – my my claims last week where I was going to come back and steal it from you and Mike because you're all competitive with each other, getting all distracted about, oh, where's Mike at? Where's Bobby at? Oh, we're two away and honest, Mark sneaks in.
1: I decided with this fight, I'm like, I'm picking whatever Mike picks. <laughs> I'm that's, just like, I am not confident <laughs> in this one. I'm like, I don't know. This one's like I don't trust these Angela Hill fights. They're all splits. This is bullshit. I Mike's probably, that, Mike's, probably, I, Mike's, probably I, Mike's probably I picked him too. He's like he's like we don't the bet on this one determining anything. <laughs> uh, well, you uh,
0: you went away from me on the Kiesa uh, Luke, so
1: yeah, well, I picked first on that one either. But I, I mean I don't know that one's I'm just I'm excited for that one. My excitement took away all strategy. Um, all right, um, I think. Uh, I think we're uh ready for stuff we like. Yeah. Uh, I got uh I got I got two things. One is Ted Lasso. Um I don't know if we talked about it at all. Mark watched Ted Lasso and Lasso now too. I think I just we say, did talk about it. I just wanna say everybody should watch Ted Lasso. I'm gonna continue to say that. I finished I'm mean, at finished, I'm all the way up to the most recent episode now. So when you get there, Mark, you're probably gonna wanna wait a little bit just because you get if you get used to watching a bunch at a time. That's a problem when you're watching yeah. a show like in episodes, and now I'm watching once a week and I'm like, gotta know what's going on with with fucking Roy Kent. That's my dude. I'm all about Roy Kent. Mike, you gotta get on this show. Seriously. You watch everything. If you want, I'll let you use my Apple TV login.
0: I mean, you say it as if I have like no stand I don't have any standards. That's what no, I watch. This is a good show. <laughs> you folded so fast, Mike. My, Mike. Mike. I uh, even, Mike
1: caved I on a uh, Shit's Creek now. Mike. Mike didn't like Shit's Creek at all. I, I could see that though. I think Ted Lasso, you'll get
2: you'll get roped in a lot quicker than I th- Shit's Creek. It took like a season. I was even like, I don't know if
1: I'm on. You there. know, then it it, it. if it takes
0: a whole season I for your show God. to get good, the show's I mean, not I, that. Well, great. here's the thing.
1: I I was in on Shit's Creek immediately. It just different people took different times. All right. Honestly, I just want to talk about wrestling because I thought last week was going to be the big wrestling talk with CM Punk and. Uh, Daniel well, Bryan and all that shit. Well, and let me you tell you, say Mike.
0: That. You say that as if, like, you know, but yeah, we can talk about wrestling, but maybe me and Mark have some other stuff we like.
1: Well, I know. I'm still doing my stuff I like.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was Ted Lasso. I'm sorry. No, no,
1: no. I said I had two things. Oh, yeah. This you is, did. This it. Is, you you got to be an active, I be an active listener. <laughs> yeah, this is number two. That was number one. This is number two. All right, folks. I thought last week when they announced CM Punk and Daniel Bryan might be coming back to wrestle was one thing. This week, they drank the crazy, crazy juice over in Stanford, Mike. And they cut Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, who prints merch money while not being on TV most of the time, Bray Wyatt, who should basically be The Undertaker, okay? They've managed to fuck up two good gimmicks with Bray Wyatt. Well fucking done. Apparently, it was a devastating uh blow to locker room morale, because they're like, what the fuck, you cut him? We're all up for where we can all be cut, apparently. That's what... People think of Bray Wyatt, um, third generation talent, the son of uh, IRS himself. Um, which, by the way, I think if IRS IRS came back, Mark, he might be a good guy in 2021. Give well, all the hey, tax. Hey. He, sh- he should just go after all the billionaires. He should just uh, say, okay. "I'm okay. gonna go get taxes from Bezos." <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get taxes from Musk. Um, Mike, you gotta watch the old IRS stuff. It was just his dad. I, is st- <laughs> I remember IRS. Yeah, he was Michael Wall Street in WCW, because why change the fact that he wears a suit to the ring? Um, yeah, it's fucked up, man. Honestly, he's way too talented. Um, and then we got the news in the last 24 hours where it turns out Adam Cole is, was working without a contract, and Adam Cole um, is no, he signed an extension, and he's done in three weeks. And I'm not sure I can properly convey to the people who aren't, who don't know being the elite lore how big of a deal this is. But Adam Cole is – I think he's gone because Adam Cole's uh, wife works for AEW or partner. I don't know. Whatever they got going on. Uh, not and- just Adam Cole's wife works
0: for AEW. Adam Cole's wife is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And for those yeah. of you – that we're I'll doing the pointing, folks. The podcast right now. We did the pointing.
1: <laughs> we did the pointing. Yeah, no, his um and his best friends are Kenny and the Young Bucks. And in being the elite lore, they quote unquote killed Adam Cole. He's dead in the lore of being the elite. And they were literally setting up a match between Kenny Omega and Adam Adam Cole before he left for NXT. That's what we were getting to. Um, I think he's gone. Honestly. But you have the fact that he's Triple H's favorite wrestler and he's Shawn Michaels' protege. And they're also cutting costs though. So uh, Mike, what do you think? I mean that's that excited me. Well I think they're he's gone. They're, <laughs> they're
0: cutting costs, but they also did just cut like a big merch seller for them. So yeah. you never really know what's gonna happen. We gotta pay Goldberg. I mean, yeah, apparently you gotta pay <laughs> Goldberg for his like one appearance a year. Mm-hmm. Um I selfishly don't want him to leave, and you know why. It's for the same reason why now it's Matt, like what Matt in the back or something for
1: for Uno on yeah. the up up down down. Channel. As a wrestling fan, I want him to go to AEW. As someone who depends heavily on up up down down for my own personal entertainment, I I mean, let me tell you, they let they let um, Marcus. They still have Tyler Breeze on up up down down, mm-hmm. just as his his government name. The second one of these dudes show up on AEW, they're not gonna let it be on up up down down man. Mm. That's not they're not gonna. I know the way these motherfuckers play. They're not gonna like they're not gonna promote. Well, another at guy.
2: least they got to play with the big Uno cards, right? They can close that. Oh, book did, you, did and... you see that?
1: That was hilarious. I, I it wasn't for like five <laughs> minutes. I was like, okay, they're big Uno cards. They're having fun. I get it. I can't. Wait. I, Mike, Mike, get some I'll big Uno it. cards. Big, get some big Uno Uno cards. You, me, and Phil are playing Uno. Okay, <laughs> that's what's happening. Wait, why, why do I gotta get them? Like, well, why don't I, you okay, go get them? Well, okay, I'll ship them to your house. Okay, <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna pack big Uno cards when I get through TSA, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm not gonna explain that, what, like I think I'm the Joker, or something, I don't know, <laughs> oh man, again, um, I don't know what they're doing over in WWE, all these moves make you think they're gonna sell, and I don't think they're gonna sell, but apparently all the networks, both USA and SmackDown, uh, both fo- USA and Fox were like, hey, we liked Bray Wyatt, people cared and watched him, what the fuck are you doing? It's gonna be real interesting when Raw gets outdraw gets uh when and Dynamite outdraws Raw one week. It's gonna be real interesting. Cause they sold out fucking twelve they sold twelve thousand seats in Chicago because the CM Punk might show up. That, that
0: would also be very interesting if that happened, considering Dynamite is on Wednesdays and Raw's on one on Mondays. Yeah, I mean, I
1: mean in terms of viewers I mean outdrawing, not like head to head. There's no reason to go head to head.
0: I'm saying giant Uno cards are thirty-two bucks on Amazon. I don't think they're
1: you cheap, want to do that. You think they're cheap, I, Mike? I, they're big. <laughs> I was gonna say that—that seems reasonable to me. Um, find it strange that Peacock is sending me notifications on my phone as I'm shit talking WWE. Um, that's what I got this week. Um, I'm I got I, Adam Cole going to AEW would be fucking sick. In terms of people I wanted AEW, it was Adam Cole, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. You know, those are the mostly Kevin Owens, but they're never letting him go. Mike, what do you got this week?
0: Uh, I'm saying that Giant Connect 4 is $229 if you want to okay, get that. That's a lot. I wonder that's, how giant it is, though. Like, how big is it? Is it like as but, big as us?
1: Have you but, played but Mike, Giant
0: Jenga? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably that big, I'm thinking i don't like that
2: mike mike doesn't flinch at giant connect four for 200 but then giant uno for 30 he's like "Ooh, a little pricey for my blood
0: I uh, to to logic. it has a height of 43 inches what is that in feet somebody tell me what is it three like four feet
1: three three feet seven inches
0: All right, Oh, look at three you five. oh knowing the imperial system Ooh, big man
1: I mean, um, I did. I did forty eight <laughs> minus five. You dumbass! <laughs> you fucking dumbass. <laughs> <You> dumbass! Mathematics. <laughs> um,
0: it's a very simple thing and stuff. I like this week, which um, honestly is becoming the bane of my existence. Um, it's Reese's uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm. Um, I went to Dwayne Reed about a week ago, and I went in there like to get water. You know, something very healthy. Wait, wait.
1: Apologize. We don't have Dwayne Reed over here, Mark. that's sure. basically CVS.
2: Okay, okay, I
0: CVS. It's, it's a Dwayne Reed, Walgreens. You know, it's yeah, all the gotcha. same shit. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: you you go in there for you know assorted things. Um, so I go in there to get some water, and I walk by the the candy section, and the family pack of of Reese's peanut butter cups are you know buy one get one half off. So How could you not? Exactly. You know, Mr. Gooms can't can't pass up a deal. So I got two big ass bags and I have been <laughs> I have been eating like six p- Reese's Pieces cups every day for like the last you no know, 12 or 13 days. And I never regret it as I'm doing it. It's great. You know, it just melts in your mouth. And it's like it's just the uh, finger looking good. But then you feel like absolute shit afterwards. And I'm pretty sure I've gained about an inch on my waistline in the last two weeks because of it. It's
1: not like we got to wear suits or anything this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I had, <laughs> I had dinner right before this
0: podcast, and I thought what a good dessert would be is to wolf down about seven pe- uh, Reese's Cups.
1: You know, someone who goes to Trader Joe's as often as you do, I'm surprised you're not getting their peanut butter cups because they're really good. You don't, I mean, you don't taste this grain of the sugar grain. You know what I mean? The granule, mm-hmm. of the sugar that we do. The in peanut Reese's. butter good. You can chew on the grains of the sugar so in Reese's cups. It's it's a very Dr.
0: Jekyll, Mr. High stuff I like this week for me. The stuff I like is Reese's Pieces cups. The stuff I hate is my self control.
1: All right. Marcus. Yeah, I actually got a little bit
2: of a list here, and I'm surprised, you know, Mike can chime in on one of these because he mentioned he saw it too. Um, but first, I'll chime in with what Bobby said. Uh, I got access to Apple TV. I don't know how. I didn't. I didn't have anyone supply the login for me. Like has been of all the things. A- that's the least shady thing we do is me giving you my login for Apple TV. What do you mean? <laughs> shady thing i do bob all my other subscriptions hey it is free if you have a
1: ps5 mark definitely has a ps5 Uh, you know we'll get there one day and when
2: i get my six months i'll let you borrow it bobby and then we'll we'll be even we gotta wait for you you gotta gotta wait till mine expires then we turn yours on how easy it is to get these ps 5s that's not gonna be a problem (laughs) uh yeah but um so yeah i started watching ted lasso and i really liked it and you know i think it's been well received right before watching it you know outside of Uh, Steph and Bobby that both have Saw it and liked it a lot you know all the other Critics have basically been saying it's really good Um, But yeah I Thoroughly enjoyed it and and Mike I would say like This was pretty immediate I think as soon As you hear The titular character Ted Lasso Talk I was like okay I like this guy like He just has a southern draw that's just Hard to hate Um, but yeah I think I'm like four episodes in Um, So you know I still have a bit to go before I'm Caught up but I've thoroughly been enjoying it um i also checked out the first episode of mythic quest which is the kind of like sitcom from mac from always Hunting in philadelphia i don't know what his actual name is um and it's i only watched one episode it's all right you know it's not it's not great it's not horrible um as someone that you know follows the game industry and devs and stuff i think it's one of the things i thought was really interesting anytime you get a a show like this that's supposed to be kind of showing you like game development or whatever whatever assets they get for like their game usually a lot of companies will just get like a third party to make some stuff up uh mystic quest just they must have had a deal or, or cut a deal with ubisoft because a lot of the footage is just from honor so like they're sure like oh this is the mythic quest game I'm like that's just for honor like i have that game i know what that game is and then they reskinned assassin's creed and i was like i know that's assassin's creed you can't fool me um outside of that the show in and of itself you know again one episode in not super deep i, I enjoyed you know i think it's enjoyable i'll probably watch some more of it um you know it didn't really knock my socks off ted lasso you know within the first episode i was like okay this is really good i'm definitely gonna be binging this is priority on what i'm watching on apple tv so yeah i can't reckon, uh, recommend ted
1: lasso enough i got a question yeah i've yet to watch apple tv on an actual device is the mm-hmm. interface suck less uh like it, is it, does it, it actually have a queue because i can't find anything on the website
2: uh i mean yeah when i so I, I use my ps4 to uh watch it and the the ui was fairly standard they had they had a bunch of recommended stuff so obviously ted lasso was up there and i knew if i went along for an Further enough into like the new releases, I, I'd find Mystic Mythic Quest, and I did. Um, I mean, so, does it, did it play
1: into – did it roll into the next episode? Yeah, yeah. It has the, it has okay. the kind of like – The browser know, does not do that. Five okay. seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: then, okay. it's, it's good in that regard, but yeah, that, that's kind of standard fare for a lot of these streaming services. But yeah, I didn't have any major issues with it, so you know, it's been all right. And what I do like is there's – they do show one ad in the beginning that you can skip. And it's usually just an advertisement for another one of their shows so being yeah. new to it i didn't mind seeing you know a trailer for
1: what's are that? you gonna watch that show the the musical show yeah that, that's the one they were they were pushing no. and i was like you know <laughs> if that that
2: sound that looked better than when you told me about it because i think on paper just like a musical a comedy musical doesn't really get me all that interested but then actually seeing it in practice and seeing some of the people that are in and i'm like okay that, that'd be interesting um so outside of that mike maybe you can chime in too i also saw jungle cruise or I should say I saw two-thirds of it. Um, I did watch it. Uh, it was Christine's birthday on Sunday. Um, we did some stuff in the morning. I guess I'll talk about that stuff, too, even though it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but I had a little bit of an allergy attack. So I take some Benadryl, and that shit knocks me out. So about two-thirds of the way, I started dozing. I'd wake up, and there'd be some reveal. I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't see that coming from the rock. I'd doze off again, and then next thing you know, it's happily ever after. But – From what I did see, I enjoyed it. You know, it's very much a live-action Disney movie. It has a lot of their comedic tropes. Um, But I do feel, you know, being based off the Jungle Cruise, which is a ride at Disneyland and Disney World, and and a ride that I actually enjoy quite a bit... um, they pay homage to it, which I thought was fun. The Rock kind of gives a jungle cruise, and there's all this kind of malarkey going on where he's he's cutting bad jokes, and there's all these props set up and stuff. And I thought that was – and that's very much what the ride kind of is. Um, the story outside of that is nothing what is conveyed in the ride whatsoever. But uh, I thought it was a fun little action movie. And, Mike, if you had anything to chime in and you enjoyed it, you probably saw it to its completion a little bit more than I did. So maybe you could uh, expand where I might have missed some things
0: well i had no idea that this was based off a disney ride um, i think the last time they did that it didn't end so well for disney right like that haunted movie mansion. never sees the oh. light of day right
2: haunted mansion didn't do well they also did tomorrowland which they i never didn't? saw i don't oh, think any you
1: I mean, know what Murphy, haunted mansion but. i think haunted mansion did pretty well i, I mean i don't think it, it, it was i no didn't Pirates.
0: realize, I didn't, no, realize Pirates like mo- I didn't realize there were actually other i didn't realize yeah, there are actually other rides this has time. been a trend I was thinking a of a uh, song of the south <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little I think that became before the movie, but uh yeah, this has been somewhat of a trend for them. And I think they're gonna do a Matterhorn movie and like a roll a Thunder Mountain movie. They're they're kind of they're you know, they have these properties, they're
1: trying to make it, you know something You awesome. mean Space Mountain?
2: I I mean oh, yeah. I thought I heard Thunder Mountain was getting one. I know and I definitely heard uh what's that other one I just said
0: first? Oh uh, Song, Song of the South is based off Magic Mountain. <laughs> I know that. Look,
1: are we really gonna not we're we gonna not do a Space Mountain movie while Ric Flair is still alive? So you can put him in a trailer, just so you can say, "Oldest ride, longest line." That's all you gotta do. Oh, I, on, I didn't <laughs> even know that was
2: like a his shtick. But
1: oh, he he refers to having sex with him with him as Space Mountain. Okay. Well, I Would have
0: put him in the in, the, in the movie He's done film. more advertising for that
1: fucking ride than anybody else over the last I don't forty think years. That's the
0: advertising that Disney wants,
1: but um, D- I, I Disney did... needs any kind of advertising because I hope Emily Blunt sues the shit out of them after this opening weekend they got on this thing. By the way, they can get sued and they'll be fine. <laughs> uh,
0: I I did enjoy the movie. Um, I thought it was good. I, I I think the 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 shocking reveal about The Rock that you're probably thinking about this movie is mm-hmm. that. Oh wait, this dude is Spanish? Is that what you're, is that what you're talking about? Well, I
2: mean, <laughs> it was more so like the curse and that he's been like a thousand years old. And in present time, he's just like a shitty skipper. I, it's just like that didn't really track I that. I found
0: that way more believable than and The he was Rock a, is a Spaniard. He was a conquistador back in yes. the day. Um, I <laughs> know The Rock is racially ambiguous. I know The Rock looks racially ambiguous, but conquistador was... Look! Eight
1: hundred The door is In, not what I was thinking. This is the Rock, man. He's el campeón de la gente. Okay, that's what the Rock is. All right. He's a goddamn people's champ. All right.
0: But it was a. Uh, I agree with you, Mark. Well, the the two thirds you saw, I'm sure you agree with me that it was a. Uh, it was an enjoyable movie. It was light, um, for you know considering uh, what it was, and uh, I thought it was fun.
1: Yep. let me. Ask Emily this. Blunt
2: and Dwayne do a great job. They have good chemistry on camera together. Yep. They kind of they
1: accent each other very well. Yep, mm-hmm. so. Was it was it worth? I'm wording this exactly. Listen to my words. What was it worth? Thirty dollars. Not was it worth your thirty dollars. What is the movie worth? Thirty dollars.
0: I don't think any movies worth thirty dollars.
2: Yeah, I mean, I validated because it was Christine's birthday. She wanted to see it. It was either go to the theater or watch it at home. And if I went in the theater, I just would have been uncomfortable and sleepy. But at home, I was able to stretch (laughs) out. Oh, I took a good look. I've nap. seen you
1: take multiple naps in movie theater. I'm <laughs> sitting
2: up straight. I'm not lying
1: down because the theater Transformers was- three. <laughs> Two
0: naps in one fight oh, scene. No, fair it is. That's a pretty that was a pretty shitty movie. Yeah, there
2: was no Benadryl in that one, Bobby. That was all not to right. the shit was blowing up everywhere. And Mike and Mark woke up, saw it, and went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be some con- context to the blowing up. I can't just watch forty minutes of, of fireballs and get Excited, you know. I, I need more stimuli than that. Um, but believe it or not, I'm I'm not even done yet. Um, so I guess I'll mention, you know, it was Christine's birthday. I've been regressing into my age, and you know, I'm not. I'm acting even older than my age now because outside of going to a farmer's market, which we did, uh, and we got kettle corn for the the movie. Nice. And that right there, man. Let me tell you, some fresh caramel kettle corn. I could not stop eating that shit. I felt so sick after, but it was delicious um outside of that we also got wind that the hallmark stores do christmas in july and we saw some of the christmas ornaments and there were some of them that were like "Ooh, that's that's too good not to try to get our hands on and let me tell you i, I know i'm getting some looks here they're think they're, they're looking like who is this guy 50 what is he doing a little christmas village here or something
1: mark i just feel you're playing into the best man speech i gave at your wedding at this point when i talk about how old you yeah. are but uh i mean look th- they know that millennials are
2: becoming of age to be spending on christmas ornaments and i guess last year they had a little mini ness and this year they had a little mini super nintendo that is so cute and when you actually turn on the power it has the uh, super mario brothers world cartridge in it when you turn it on it starts playing the song and i was like oh well that's a that, yeah, well, that's, that's worth a trip that's pretty good. i mean go check it out it looks it looks great and christine was saying like oh we get that like we're not it's not only on the christmas tree we are going to be using that around the house as decor um that was sold out. We went to two different Hallmark's, it was sold out at both, but they do have a pretty cool uh sub zero winning pose that I was able to pick up and Christine really wanted. They actually it, it's actually pretty cool. They have a animatronic sorting hat from Harry Potter that you push the button and it quite authentically. Um and you know, just actually just walk around Hallmark. I mean, they got all kinds of Harry Potter and Star Wars bullshit for us millennials to decorate our apartments and houses with so they kind of know the generational slide it's less uh uh, snoopy and more star wars marvel and uh harry potter which you know i kind of enjoyed uh that all being said uh last and least as bobby and stefan know as they've been successful in their hunt for the ps5 and the exhilaration that goes into finding out when A a drop's going to happen and you get all excited and you log into the account and and you're you're clicking on the put into cart and trying to check out as quickly as possible. I had a little bit of that this last week, except I was doing it for the extremely hipster handheld console called the Playdate, which released on the 29th for pre-orders. And what what was nice about that is I had all the adrenaline and excitement of having a release time at 10 and, and trying to log in and get the date and get my credit card in there and be fast enough. It wasn't going to sell out they said that you blatantly we're going to take as many orders as people have uh depending on how you know where you are in the order queue it might just take you longer to get your system i got it pretty quickly um i'm very excited about it i talked about the play date back at e3 it is i mean like i said it is a console it is a very niche console for the hipster gamer it is it's it's about the size of a post-it note pad it Kind of looks like a Game Boy. has a D-pad, two buttons, and then kind of the weird hipster thing it has is a crank. It has a crank on the side that you can use for different game mechanics. Uh, The screen itself is a one-bit screen that is only black and white. And essentially, when you order the Playdate, you get uh, 24 games for free with purchase of the system that unlock two each week for the next 12 weeks when you, uh, you know, activate your system. Um, and these are games from kind of indie developers, you know, some that are fairly uh, prolific in the space, like uh, Betty Foddy and Lucas Pope, who did uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. So, you know, there's actually some name value there. But it's it's a really niche kind of thing that, honestly, for me, when they did their kind of E3 press conference, I just kind of fell in love with it. I think it's a really cool slick little device that I think in the annals of kind of being a video game collector or a video game, you know, connoisseur of sorts. Um it'll fit nicely in my little repertoire of, you know, fun little devices I have like a Neo Geo Pocket Color or, um, you know, the Super Nintendo handheld I have that plays, you know, Super Nintendo cartridges. You know, it's just it's kind of a fun, interesting little thing. Um, and I was really excited to get it. And I'm excited. You know, hopefully I get mine by late this year. And if I do, I will expand upon Where'd it. Where would you buy it? What's that? Where would you get it? It, it? From Playdate themselves. Oh. It, it, it's not 20, really a thing units
1: in 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. So they basically said that. They are planning to release twenty thousand units within late twenty twenty one. Everything after that will be in twenty twenty two. So I think I got in there in the first. You know, I got it within the first twenty minutes. So hopefully I'm I'm in that queue to to get it later this year. But yeah, it, it's really a device that I think it's easy to look at, especially at the price. You know, it is one eighty, which is kind of I think when you look at the specs of the device. It's kind of a little overpriced, you know, but I think what you're really paying for is you do get those 24 games for free, and it is just one of these things that is just kind of, it's just weird. It's kind it's of a gimmick. Yeah, it, it's a gimmick. Yeah, it's totally a, bad, a gimmick. It's not a bad,
1: not a bad, way. No, just, it it is just, a bad
2: way. It, it just is what it is, and it, I mean, look, this thing's not a Steam Deck. This thing's not a Switch OLED. You know, it's not going to be playing the triple eight games. It's it's catering to a very niche audience, which I am in. I am a 35-year-old man that goes to Hallmark to get Sub-Zero figures for my Christmas tree and the sorting hat. You know, this is where I'm at in my life. And the play date matches quite well into that. So, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. You know, when it comes closer to release and when I actually get my hands on it, I'll,
1: of course, expound upon that. Uh, but, yeah, but that's stuff I like this week. Right on. By the way, Christine is Mrs. Mark. If True. people don't remember. Mrs. Don't Paris. The of awake. Yes. We, are the,
2: we are the Paris
1: Society here with Xena. Yeah which i What's forgot that? to wish her happy birthday so i just did okay so okay <laughs> yeah. i literally was just like i'm just like i forgot to text christine happy birthday oh well no worries she'll, tell her to look at her phone well maybe that'll work yeah out. i'm sure um <laughs> um all right guys um thank you all for listening um we'll be back next week um no we won't originally. yeah i was gonna say will we question mark i mean that's I all, that's up to you guys i am occupied monday evening it's so uh <laughs> it's not gonna happen we're gonna take a break <laughs> you know go ahead and yeah let's we, let let's let this ship marinate we got a lot of stuff happening you know we'll see what else happens in, in the AEW, WWE situation maybe yeah. hulk hogan will jump we don't know you know it's 1996 all over again basically with the monday night roars anyway thank you all for listening so much uh we really appreciate it um i tell you to go to play date but i guess you can't so uh should they watch jungle cruise or not I think they should. How many, people should you, how many people should you split it with? Two or one? Two, three.
2: Ye- I mean, if if you're hurting, I, I, honestly, like I don't think it's necessarily worth $30. Yeah, I think you can spend your $30 on something better. And especially, I think, knowing it's going to come to Disney Plus for
0: free. Does the
1: fucking Suicide Squad come out on Friday?
0: Yeah, yeah. Watch that. If, <laughs> That's if, what if, I want to see. If you're alone in your house and you're thinking, I'm going to watch Jungle Cruise 1, get a friend. Or two, just leave your house, go to the movie theaters, and go watch it. Like you know what I would. Why are you gonna spend thirty bucks to watch this movie by yourself? I would say
2: save that thirty dollars. Take five dollars out of that allotment. Do one month of Apple Plus, and then watch Ted Lasso because that was that was a lot more entertaining. I
1: got a lot more laughs. And thank you. I think you get it. You know what? I think you can get a free one week trial with Apple TV too. There's only twelve episodes. Yeah, you can run first season is ten episodes. You can knock out the first season, no problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, We'll see if we got a fake heavyweight champion. I mean, we will. Someone's going to win, probably. Um, And um, we'll see what card's coming up at that point, because God knows what they're doing at this point. Um, Thank you all for listening. I was Dr. Law, that was Lavender Gooms, and that was DJ Mark. We very much appreciate it when you listen to us babble about MMA. Peace out. See ya. See ya.